good day family this is the 10% happier self-care journey today is 3:16:20, and I just noticed that I put 2017 on my notes <laughs> have no idea why I'm talking in this particular accent and I really don't even know what accent this is I just though that when people talk like this, it makes things sound more important. Like for instance, if I say hello to everyone here, hello Jacqueline, hello Karen, hello, thank you, make yourself at home. <laughs> so I have no idea why I'm talking like that, right? It's just that that voice makes everything sound more important. <laughs> What's up family? 10% happier self-care journey. Today is March 16th, 2020. I hope that you are well, and if you're not, I hope that this self-care journey uh, helps you to get there one morsel of health at a time. <laughs> so the reason why I use that voice that I was using at the very beginning is that today we're talking about the competing mind. And for some reason that voice makes the topic of the comparing mind sound more interesting to me. <laughs> The comparing mind. So what are we talking about? I think this is pretty easy to know what we're talking about here. But let's dive into it. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to paste the notes that I have written out that you can follow along with in the chat. And don't mind the fact that I put March 16th, 2017. <laughs> because for some reason after writing 16, I wrote 17 as the year. Go figure. Okay. Here we go. Constantly comparing yourself to others is a restless, unproductive, unhealthy habit. Deciding who we are based on other people's status, achievements, preferences, etc., is a fruitless activity because the source of validation is being derived from a standard that will always fluctuate when a new person enters the equation, thereby becoming the new object of comparison. <laughs> Constantly comparing yourself to others is restless and unproductive. And, you know, I think we know this, but being creatures of habit and because of the fact that comparing yourself and have and competition does have a place in this evolutionary scale <clears throat> you know it's worthwhile talking about it in a realistic way instead of speaking about it in an unrealistic way like it's not normal to be competitive or to compare yourself it is and we'll talk about it in a few minutes but the main deal is that if you become obsessive that's when you get in trouble. Jacqueline Hayes, Hayes says, Hey, Aaron, I love your different voice. <laughs> Thank you, Jacqueline. Thanks for watching. Hey, Amos, thanks for hanging out. Happy Monday to everyone here. So deciding who we are based on other people's status and achievements, that's the part that's like really, really fruitless because the source of validation is not being derived from you where it needs to come from, but it's being derived from outside standards that will always fluctuate. And that's the part, that's how we get in trouble. 
because no matter what happens, if you compare yourself to this person and then all of a sudden you're in competition with that person, even if it's just in your own mind, okay, you get to a point where for some reason you feel like you're better than the person or you, you've given up. Well, then you're okay until somebody else comes along and then you're back to doing the same thing because you're looking externally instead of looking internally for your validation. You're going to have some sense of paying attention to others and comparing yourself or sizing yourself up uh, because that can tell you where you are, maybe what you desire, maybe what your goals are. And that is the case. But the truth of the matter is everything in moderation and too much of anything we know is not a good thing, right? So that the next person that comes along becomes the new object of comparison and then you're right back to this cycle all over again. Now let's talk about the flip side of this coin real quick. Um, here's the flip side of the coin. At times, comparing yourself to others can be the source of inspiration to do something positive. However, dwelling, and that's the point there, dwelling in an, an obsessive way can quickly and easily lead to negative emotions, feelings of fear or resentment, and have a huge impact on one's self-confidence or feelings of self-worth. The key is to monitor your feelings and to be honest with yourself about how the feelings of comparison are impacting you. Hello, Delima. Thanks for hanging out. Karen says, hi, my friend. I love it too. And all your words of wisdom, you rock. Thank you, Karen. It really means a lot. <clears throat> One of the things that I've been appreciative about with this self-care journey as I've been going through the different lessons is, you know, everything always comes back to being honest with yourself. And a lot of times that really is where the roots are to the whole equation. That's where we need to do the most work. It's in being honest with ourselves about what we're feeling and what our motives are and what we're feeling, you know, emotionally. Because if you can be honest with yourself, that's the first key to remedying whatever is going on. So let's be honest. At times, comparing yourself can be the source of inspiration, right? I mean, this is how you get the Michael Jordans of the world. You know, this is how you get anybody, the Aaron Hills of the world. Like, we all have a place on our journey where seeing others and seeing where they are can inspire us to be better or do greater. But when we dwell in, a, in an obsessive way, that's when it changes and it can quickly and easily lead to negative emotions, feelings of fear, resentment, inadequacy, you know, being inept, you know, and it can really smash your self-confidence or your feelings of self-worth. So you just got to monitor yourself and monitor your feelings. And when you feel those feelings of comparison, see where they're coming from. Are they coming from a healthy place where you're like, you know what? I really appreciate that that person is doing that. I like to be like that too. I like to do that too. Or that makes me think about something I want to do. Like even if, sometimes even in a healthy way, if it's like, well, I'm not going to be left behind while all these people do this. And I just, it can be a positive thing. But if it really deeply impacts your self-confidence and even worse, when it's making you question your entire like self-worth, that's when you know that you're in a place of urgent 
uh, emergency, and it's not it's not healthy at all. Comparison comparing is the opposite of sympathetic joy. And I never heard of the term sympathetic joy before this course. I think it was a a term that uh, Susan, uh, I'm sorry, Sharon Salzberg came up with. And so sympathetic joy is the feeling which arises when one regards all beings with loving kindness and then perceives those who are happy and those who have created a lot of merit or even attained liberative insight uh, you know, they, they feel feelings of loving kindness towards them, or in this case, what's being called sympathetic joy. You know, the fun thing about this was uh, the other day, if you, if you take a look at my last self-care uh, session called Celebrating Others' Success, we went over a couple of other uh, words, too, that also hitched onto that sympathetic joy concept. Another word is um, mudita which is a Hindi word, and it means joy, especially sympathetic or vicarious joy. And then another term uh, is compersion, which is an empathetic state of happiness and joy experienced when another individual experiences happiness and joy. So these are all ways of expressing sympathetic joy. And comparing yourself in a very negative way you know, with jealousy and envy and like, and, you know, um, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of like, you know, like other people are stealing um, credit or accolades from you or stealing opportunities. Like, I just had a talk the other day with a friend of mine. Hey, lovely Miss Gianna, Michael Orr, thank you for hanging out. I had, um, I had a, a conversation with a friend of mine the other day where it was just like yeah like I just I can't I can't dwell in those places I can't dwell on the feeling like others are getting opportunities or doing things that you know it's just not fair I just I just can't dwell there you know to me it's like there's no gain there's no fruitfulness about dwelling there and that's even if it is the case I just, I guess I'm just optimistic Aaron. Like I just, I just think that instead of dwelling on the negatives in that regard and what other people are doing and the opportunities they're getting that you should be getting and all this kind of stuff. I believe if you just focus your energy on what you want to get or focus your energy on being the best that you can be, showing up in the best way, making the best content, you know, making the best impression, you know, shedding on your chops, you know, um, to, to really just put yourself in a position of being extremely valuable or extremely positive or bringing something positive to the equation. I just think that that's all you need to just hurdle over all of the foolishness. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about it. Like I've never worried about somebody getting an opportunity that I thought I should have gotten because I'm like, I don't live in a place of lack, you know, and I guess that's what it is, you know. I don't live in a place of lack. I feel like there's enough opportunity to go around, and I also feel like, I mean, I'm happy for that person. Somebody got to get it. That's the nature of the game, you know, even if it's limited. I might be like, damn, if 
But like, come on. At the end of the day, like, is it that serious? And I, I believe the answer is no, even though sometimes for us, we act like it is very serious in that way. So drop me a line. Let me know what you all think about this. You know, um, what do you think about the concept of comparison? Do you feel like, you know, I believe most of us can identify with it being unhealthy. Do you also feel like there's a healthy um, and healthy, a healthy aspect too to comparing that also can be a motivator um, and a positive um, reinforcer of things like perseverance and stuff like that. So here's, here's one way to have like a reality check. Remembering that everyone's life is a mixture of pleasure and pain and joy and sorrow, sorrow will naturally decrease your comparing and judgment and increase your degree of empathy compassion and mindfulness this is one of those ones that i think you know we can all identify with but it can't be overstated no matter how much you compare yourself to someone else and you know have these negative feelings or toward them or towards yourself how much you envy or have you the truth of the matter is that person has things too that their life is just like yours. They have ups and downs, you know, they have things that they're happy about in places where they feel totally inadequate and feel defeated and, and feel low, you know. There are places, honestly, and this is the thing you'd be surprised about, there are places where people that you envy, where they envy you, you know. I had to tell someone that um, not too long ago, someone who stated to me that they, they envied um, something about me, you know, and my upbringing, that kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> at the same time, everything has its pros and its cons. So this is the benefit you had by having this, you know, and that's just the pro that comes to that equation. So I could be envious of that, you know, or like, you know, it's just, I'm just like, you know, we're all out here breathing the same air, putting one foot in front of the other, trying to live life the best we can. No matter how glamorous someone's life looks, it is nowhere near glamorous, and you cannot judge what they have, what they've attained, or where they are on what you see. Because even the things that, that you envy, you have no idea the work that they had to put in to do that. You have no idea what they had to deal with. You have no idea what that comes with, you know? As the old, uh, as the, the, let's see, as the legend, you know, the, the, the old ancient prophet said, more money, more problems. <laughs> Biggie Smalls. Like, it's just not worth comparing, you know, unless you're looking at something and saying, you know what, this inspires me to be better or to do this or to give this a try. Or... I don't like what that person is doing, so this motivates me to do something that's in comparison. Like, that's okay. So monitor your comparing people. And last but not least, remember, we can't control emotionally what arises, but we can control how we relate to it. A state of chronic comparing leads to exhaustion and bitterness. Applying compassion we can see what's happening and work toward the development of compersion, 
Mudita, and Sympathetic Joy. The thing I like about this is I talk about this regularly. It's, it's probably something that I'll be talking about forever I, because I'm I'm a big fan of psychology and with psychology comes studying, you know, the emotions. And I'm a person that truly believes we can't control emotionally what arises. You know, I feel like we're subject to our feelings. From from there, because you can't, you know, when you're fearful, that's an evolutionary trait. You know, when you're fearful, this is something that came about via evolution that allowed me to be able to sit here to talk to you today and you to be able to be present to listen. We survived because evolution gave us certain traits, certain responses and reactions to our environment in order to survive. So if you hear a loud noise, it's natural for your heart to jump for you to all of a sudden be alert, maybe even your blood and stuff, you know, to start flowing to the point of getting ready to fight or flight. Like that's normal, that's natural. So you can't control that initial visceral thing. If you could control it, you'd be in trouble. Because <laughs> there's an automatic response to help you survive at this point. But the part that we're working on and the part where we do have the ability to have an influence and impact on the equation is that we can control how we relate to it. And that's what we're working on. Controlling how we relate to that initial response. So if you find yourself comparing, just see which side is falling on. If it's falling on the negative side, be gentle with yourself. Understand, like we learned a lot earlier in this self-care journey, it's just a mental state. It will pass, you know. Give yourself compassion um, because we can see what's, what's happening and you can work towards the development of joy and uh, sympathetic joy and compassion. So that is it, my friends. And so, you know, that and in lieu of, you know, our current health crisis and these things that are going on, this is why I feel self-care is so important and why I'm happy to do this self-care journey because the truth of the matter is we all need every day to focus on these things in order to deal with all the different things that we deal with on a regular basis, both just individually, just with ourselves that has nothing to do with anyone else or something that affects the entire planet. So here we are, another self-care journey day. So here we go. We're going to end with what I call the 30 second meditation technique. And um, this is just a matter of taking three deep breaths and 10 seconds of mindfulness. You can do this no matter where you are. You can do this at any given time, any given place. And you don't need an ideal environment or the right music or candles or fragrances and essential oils or any of that stuff. <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, I invite you to do this wherever you are, even if you're driving in a car to do this. So we're just going to settle in. And our goal is to just take 30 seconds to be able to de-escalate if needed. <clears throat> and if we're at a place where we're already at peace, is to just practice coming to this space so that we can, A, live in this space. And then two, when we aren't living it, living in it, we can know how to easily access it from just practice. 
So we're gonna take three deep breaths. We're gonna take long inhales through the nose and long exhales through the mouth. So with that, let's take a deep breath in and out. Let's take a second deep breath in and out. final deep breath in and out and then we're just going to take 10 more seconds to just stay in that place of mindfulness that place of de-escalating that place of reflecting on what we talked about today and just getting prepared to practice this and to be gentle with ourselves. Just for the road, let's take one more deep breath in and out. That's our self-care session for the day. I appreciate you all. Hello to Teresa, Michael, lovely Miss Gianna, Delima, Karen Brown, Amos, Jacqueline. Thank you all for hanging out and everybody else that's watching after the fact. I appreciate you. Um, drop a line and let me know how you're doing. You know, of course, like I said a few minutes ago, this self-care thing is even more important. You know, it's always important, but of course, when you're dealing with different circumstances in life, and especially with those like we're dealing with, um, you know, all together as a race, as a society, you know, as a people, as a species, it becomes even more important. So I care about that for myself. I care about that for you. And so drop a line. Let me know how you're doing in general. And uh, yeah, we'll keep going with this thing. Um, the music in the background is my original song called Breath of Life. It's a piano meditation that's available on all streaming platforms. Just look up Breath of Life Aaron Hill. And um, the notes are in the chat that I pasted for you to save. Hey, Ashley, thanks for watching. Um, if you get a chance, take it from the top. And I hope you enjoy this content. And last but not least, if you all desire to help me to make this kind of content and the other content that you see me do on a regular basis, then look for that info in the comment section of this video or the description if you're watching this on YouTube after the fact. That's about it. As always, peace and be well. Jacqueline says, hey, Aaron, that deep breathing thing gives me life. <sighs> Who you telling, Jacqueline? Who you telling? Oh, my gosh. So here's the funny thing about it, you know, and then I'm out of here. It's like, no matter how much I do it, I always realize over and over and over how much it really does give you life. Like, it's really true. You, your your heart rate slows down. You, de you de-escalate. And you just, you just come back to a place of being even killed, even tempered. And calm it gives you equanimity so I agree and every time I do it I'm like 
I never want to take this for granted. So that's what I'm working on. That's what we're working on together. So I appreciate you. Love you back. Thank you, Jacqueline. And I'll talk to you all soon. Peace and be well.